Oregon Employment First, supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. Learn more at iWorkWeSucceed.org. Hi, and welcome to the Employment First podcast. Developmental disability services are Medicaid services. This includes job coaching, in-home services, help with personal care, and more. What this means is that in Oregon, in order to qualify for many services, you have to have some type of Medicaid. Many people with disabilities who work worry about losing their Medicaid. It's not just the Social Security income, which can be replaced by a job, but rather personal assistance or a job coach that they may need to help keep a job and be able to be healthy and safe in their communities. The fact is, in Oregon, more Medicaid options become available when people with disabilities choose to work. So today, we are talking to the Work Incentives Network, which is a benefits counseling program that helps people understand that they can stay connected to important supports, like Medicaid, when they choose to work. Joining me today are Katie Thompson and Josh Goller, program managers with the Work Incentives Network. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. How are you both doing today? Good. Thank you. Doing well. Good. Good. So tell us uh, what you both do at the Work Incentives Network. So we're both uh, WIN program managers, and uh, so we oversee the program, which involves training and uh, providing technical assistance, but also involves um, just day-to-day operations type stuff as well. Yeah, and we split those duties in different ways. So Josh does a lot of the information referral when you call our WIN helpline. It's usually Josh returning those calls. And I'm doing a lot of the um, verification of the state's benefits for our benefits planners in the state. But we both split the training equally and the TA pretty equally. And you mentioned the information hotline. So that's a good follow-up question to that. Tell me about the hotline. Um, So that hotline is a place where anyone can call if they have general questions. Um, they're not sure if when would be a good fit or if they need benefits planning, they could call uh, this hotline and let us know, um, you know, just if, what their questions are, if they need a referral, if they should work with us, or if just general information is all they need, then we'll provide that to them and tell them when that they can call back. Right. So they're not going to get any sort of detailed information by calling the hotline. That's really, it's really for really basic. They won't get specific information to their individual situation, although based on some of the questions that we ask, usually we can get kind of a sense of what their benefit situation might be and can provide somewhat detailed information. We don't, we, it's nothing that we verify with, with, with Social Security or other benefits administrators. But um, so it's not that specific, but it's definitely um we do tailor the discussion uh, towards what seems to be that person's situation. Okay. So here at Employment First, we hear from a lot of folks with intellectual and developmental disabilities who are really concerned about, you know, maintaining their benefits, you know, while they're working. So um, can you tell us why benefits counseling is important for people with disabilities who are working or considering working? Absolutely. Um, so benefits planning is often uh, can remove some of these barriers, um, anxiety, a lot of people with disabilities um, on these disability benefits have anxiety. It took a long time to get these benefits. Typically it takes like at least two years and that's if you're lucky really to get on social security. And so the thought of putting that in jeopardy is really, really scary. Often people can barely even make, you know, rent, let alone um, purchase or use those funds for anything else. So benefits planning, really kind of eases people's minds. It helps educate them and it helps 
give them the tools they need to navigate not only social security system, but any other benefit system they might be attached to. So they can move forward with confidence in accepting their first job or accepting a promotion or um, even just something like going back to school and working towards a higher paying salary job. Yeah, it's great. Have you heard about Employment Outcome System? Doesn't sound exciting, I know, but it is. The Employment Outcome System, or EOS, website puts you in control. Go to OregonEOS.org and you can look at info and outcomes for agencies providing employment services to people with developmental disabilities in Oregon. You can look up providers in your county and compare their numbers on employment services. So what is the best time for a person to access the services of a benefits counselor? When it comes to the, the WIN helpline, that, that's something anyone can access at any time, whether it's just a question they're thinking about working and just need a general question answered. Um, but when it comes to working with a benefits counselor, the best time would probably be right when they're starting work um, or, or right on the verge of employment, um, when they actually have a job goal, at least in, um, where they might know how much they're going to work and how much, so we can kind of advise them on how much that's um, going to affect their situation and, and in what ways. Um, so usually at employment, it's the best time for that one-on-one service, but connecting with us to get answers to those more general questions is good at any point, even if someone's just thinking about working one day and doesn't have any definite plans. Right, because at employment, um, if someone qualifies for work incentives, we wouldn't be able to implement those or help implement them until someone's actually employed. So prior to actually um, obtaining a job, it's all hypothetical, but when someone is actually employed, that's when we can really start the work. Mm-hmm. and start the, the movement of implementing these work incentives if they qualify for them. So it's much more detailed at the point that they actually have a job. Yeah. Yeah, kind of where the rubber hits the road versus just talking about it in the abstract of here what some rules are. Um, it, it's once they're actually employed, then there's, there's things that can actually, we can actually move forward with certain steps. I imagine, though, it can be helpful even before a person makes that decision, especially if they're on the fence. Uh, I recently am going to have a success story coming out for Employment First about a young man whose father in particular, but they were both just really nervous about work. And one of your benefits counselors in Central Oregon, uh, Jill, who's Mm -hmm. amazing, you know, really helped sat down with him and showed him some different scenarios. You know, if you were making this, you still can maintain your benefits. You were making this. They were all hypotheticals, as you mentioned. But I think it did a lot to ease his mind and his family's minds to, you know, make that step. And now and now he's working a considerable amount of hours, actually much more than he thought he could work. So, Well, that's a good point. It's also about providing options uh, so people can make choices accordingly because, you know, it's not about how much can you work to keep your benefits or how much will you have to work to work off your benefits. It's kind of here are the different options based on your, your goals and what will happen in those situations and which, which option is something that you want to pursue, whether that be you know maintaining certain benefits and certain supports or actually working off benefits and knowing you can get them back if you need them in certain ways. That's great. So speaking of some of these levels of services and, and the, the benefits of working, um, ODDS, the Office of Developmental Disability Services, recently partnered with, with your program with WIN to make level one and level two benefits counseling available as a service under uh, our waiver uh, under Employment Path Community. So can you tell us a little bit about what this helps accomplish? Yeah, so partnering with, with you all with ODDS has allowed the Work Incentive Network to expand 
services. So in training more benefits planners, we now are able to help reach more people in Oregon who need this service because the Work Incentive Network is a fairly small program, but we, we serve every county in the state of Oregon, but there's usually one Work Incentive Coordinator serving multiple counties. So partnering with you all has allowed um, Oregonians who need the service to access it easier. And that level one and level two, and correct me if I'm wrong, is a really kind of a basic level of benefits counseling. Right. It wouldn't be actually implementing work incentives um, or developing more complex work incentives to be to be implemented. It would be more the general information. Um, I mean, it could be specific to that. It's specific to that person, but it's it's not. It's providing them with information more so than um, actively pursuing work incentives uh, and having them applied to that person's situation. But I imagine you get a lot of requests even for that level one and two right now. I mean, I understand from talking with both of you offline that you have, you know, the, the demand for, for benefits counseling is just going up every single year. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially this, as a lot of people are working these days. Which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great that people are working, <laughs> so we like to see that. But then, you know, you have about the same amount of resources and much increased demand for your services. Do you or someone in your family experience an intellectual or developmental disability and want to learn more about Oregon's employment services for people with disabilities? Tune in to the Oregon Employment First podcast on the first and third Tuesday of each month. Hear about employment success stories and learn from experts and people working in the field about what is happening in Oregon to support people with developmental disabilities to work in community jobs. So families and people with disabilities, as I mentioned earlier, are often afraid to work a lot of hours or they're worked about, worried about making too much money because of fear of losing benefits. I know a few years ago when the minimum wage in Oregon went up, you know, I worked with Work Incentives Network to help with some information sheets because we were anticipating there might be some panic and anxiety about people worried that they were, you know, going to be, you know, losing their benefits due to making minimum wage. So, um, so or more on minimum wage. So what would you tell those folks? I mean, I would tell them that the earnings limits for for Social Security programs, especially SSI, as you're mentioning, um, are much higher than people think. Um, much, much higher. You know, we're talking over 30 grand a year, gross. Um, and there are so many work incentives and safety nets available to help people towards that goal. Or if they try to stretch to that goal and work, there are these safety nets to fall back on if it doesn't work out. And so just knowing what the limits are, but also knowing what the safety nets are available um, is really, really important. And it's not, well, I shouldn't say it's not easy, but it's it's not likely at all that someone will lose their SSI going to work. You know, um, working itself, there's so many safety nets available that it's just, it's, it's a lot harder than people think. Yeah, and people think that when when there is something like a minimum wage increase, that that's going to dramatically change things. And yeah, it might alter things a little bit because their income is different, and that it, it may impact things in some ways. But it's not like something as, as simple as a minimum wage increase is going to suddenly cause them to lose everything. Mm-hmm. And that's usually what pe- people come to us thinking that they're going to lose lose benefits or lose um, the ability to get those benefits back if they do work a lot. Um, and so a lot of our work is just advising them about how that's really not the case. Right. And- 
going from, for instance, 10 to $12 an hour, it would be unlikely that someone would necessarily lose benefits. And in many cases, I would assume that it would just mean that they're making a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's usually a good thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's, well, and typically, too, you know, minimum wage is going up, but so does this, this limit for SSI. It typically goes up every year. So like that kind of um, that upper limit, that over 30 grand, you know, it's been over that for a while, but it, it, it fluctuates, you know what I mean? And so as minimum wage is going up, so are these other limits. So everything increases. Mm-hmm. Cost of living yeah, as, as well. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, we've kind of talked about this, uh, you know, a little bit, but what is the likelihood that a person would lose Medicaid and any other supports? Um that help a person to be employed and to live more independently. You've kind of addressed this a little bit, but I kind of just want to keep hitting on that because I feel like that fear is still so prevalent. With Medicaid specifically, um, it used to be much easier to lose it um, simply because of the resource limit being $2,000 for most Medicaid groups. A lot of folks had a hard time if they came into some money, whether it was inherited or however they they have more than $2,000, you know, we'd often have to advise people to spend that down in order to preserve, preserve their Medicaid. Um, but nowadays with ABLE accounts and things like that, um, that allow you to set aside money and have it not count towards those resource limits, it's much easier to keep Medicaid um, in the long term. And, and from as Katie touched on, from a simply an income standpoint, you can earn quite a lot of money. Um, you can work full time in a lot of positions and actually still maintain your Medicaid. Um, so it's really the resources that were the bigger issue in the past and, and ABLE has actually kind of helped um, make that not the case anymore. And again, talking about safety nets, I mean, there are um, the Medicaid buy-in program, employed persons with disabilities. So even if someone does work over, you know, 35 grand and they still want their Medicaid and they work off of it, which that's a high limit, right? That's a, that's a pretty decently paying full-time job. But then there's Medicaid buy-in, which then is like over 60 grand. So, so we're talking, people can really retain Medicaid supports, which is not just a health insurance, right? Let's, let's talk about that. It's not just health insurance, but that's also access to in-home care, um, to supports, to job coaches, job developers, PSWs, you know, brokerages, you know, it's access to a lot of different things. It's a door to a services. So you can maintain all of that for quite a long time. Um, through multiple types, like multiple avenues and multiple safety nets. And that's what we help with. So as they always say in the Work Incentives Network, it still, it pays to work. And so <laughs> your, tell us what your website is and where people can find more information. Well, it's a state website, so it's a, it's a long link. Um, it's the under Voc Rehab. Um, but uh, if you Google the Work Incentives Network um, in Oregon, you'll, you'll be able to find it. Yeah, I don't have the exact website address right. handy. It's, yeah, Work Incentives <laughs> Network, uh, Oregon. And then, or you can go to iworkwesucceed.org, our website. And under the IDD Employment Policy page, we have a benefits counseling is one of our topic areas. It's actually the top one because it's alphabetical. And mm-hmm. there's a slew of information, including fact sheets, information about the ODDS, um, benefits counseling, and links to your website as well. So thank you, Katie and Josh, for joining us today. It was so great to have you both on the show. Once again, this has been the Employment First podcast, and thank you for listening.